edition of the Para Podcast. This week I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And uh, not forty, sorry, he's bailed on us at last minute. Yeah, dogging the um, boys. Yeah, uh, grade grade one dogging. That <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, doesn't sound very good. <laughs> um, maybe actually it's worse than a grade one. Maybe it's a grade three. I think um, possibly because because not only um, I, I don't think it would be reckless. I think it's intentional actually. I think he um, has carryover, man. You know, repeat offender. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's some carryover points. Yeah. Um, and and also Ham's here with us. Yep. Um, well, let's dive into it. Um, it was really odd over the weekend. We were meant to play at 7.35 on Saturday night, but there's just a big blank spot there for me. What about you guys? Um, yeah, it was just like a... a what, I don't think Parramatta played this weekend, wasn't it? Just the Cowboys? That, and Oh, not even the Cowboys. It was just Jonathan Thurston, wasn't it? Okay. Yes. That's yeah. That's, there right, was well, no, that's no match discussion or anything. It was just, just. Jo- Did you know it was Jonathan Thurston's last home game on Saturday night? I was not aware. Oh, Thank okay. you for informing me, Ham. Yeah. And um, we we're, we're well aware that everybody else was aware of that fact, um, and that might have played into why. Um, I've never seen a player penalised for flopping when they initiate the tackle. Now, that's a new one. Oh. <laughs> Or, I didn't um, realise you had to stay on your feet after you played a ball. Like, wow. Yeah, Talk well, that um, surprisingly that happened three or four times in the flag game, uh, Parramatta and the Dogs, and none of them were uh, penalised. So either they changed the rules, or the flag referees need to learn the rules, or it was, it was, an, it was an interesting game. <laughs> but um, we're not we're not going to ref bash too much. But I just I just thought it was interesting that the exact play the exact set after that, Tamalolo gets tackled and played the ball while staring at the sideline, and <laughs> that's all rosy. Um, and yeah, you you just got to wonder. Um, but let's moving on to it. Cowboys forty four, Eels six. Uh, we all saw this coming. Uh, Jonathan Thurston's last home game. Cowboys were red hot for that first period. We didn't see the ball for the first ten minutes. Um, penalty count was like 6-0 at one point and uh, there was just no swinging back the momentum with the Cowboys having their pretty much first string uh, uh, team out there um, whilst unfortunately we were down to uh, to dregs uh, to be honest with you and um, gosh um, I don't like to single out players but Frig Cam King he, he was dreadful and I think we saw um, the impact of Reed Marnie when you get into the second half Reed comes on and then it, or it ends up 12-6 uh, in that second half whilst Reed is on the field. And Cowboys only getting over with a specky for um, for Felt, I think it was, in that period. Yeah, um, I suppose you could, you have to look at the positives because if you look at the negatives in this game, there's, there's just too many. But if you look at the positives, we could have gone out there in the second half and just gone, you know, stuff this. We're not going to get anything. We might as well just give up. But we didn't. So it was only 12-6 in that second half. And you know what I liked? I know there was a, a few commenting about it, but I loved it in those, in those last few minutes, or that last minute where we just laid all over the ruck and we begged the referee to penalise us. There was no way we were letting them get anything in that last minute, which was fantastic. It was reminiscent of a certain former reel in the Challenge Cup final <laughs> in the last minute, which we'll touch on in the news. Um, but... Uh, yeah, not not much positives, um, and I have to say, yeah, it's the indictment of um, of what's happened this season. Considering I think you know stemming from all the back office stuff about not replacing coaching and whatever else, you could clearly see 
Um, our, our first up contact was, was uh, dreadful. Um, Cowboys forwards just bounced off. They won the ruck completely. Oh, making 60, 70 metres every every set. Um, but I, I really liked the effort of Reed Marning when he came on. He made a couple of tackles on first and on fifth um, tackle where he chased him from marker um, and, you know, blindsided him from the back to, to, to stop the progression from there. Um, he's certainly somebody with another preseason under his belt. Um, can only get better. And uh, for mine, has the makings of the future um, hooker for the Eels moving forward. Uh, beyond that, I thought um, Joman Salmon had a couple of nice touches, although uh, they weren't very frequent at all. Um, no, he sort but... of early in the game he got a few touches, and I thought he looked to have a bit of energy. But you know, when you're a young half playing your fourth game, I think it was fourth game, third, third starting. Yeah, you know, and you've got Moses there, Norman there, Hayne Gutherson. You know, you're not going to be able to touch the ball much, and you know, f- fair enough, you got to let them touch the ball. They're the more experienced players, ones um, with more attacking now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to. You, you don't write off the kid, you know, f- with those players in the team and the way they're perf- and the way the rest of the team is performing. I'm just sick of our team. They're so stupid across the park. Like the very first penalty, Vave. I don't. The one time he bends his back, he goes too low. Like. It just it just seems like every week someone has to decide. Let me do a stupid thing to put us on the back foot. Like that's a I'm not gonna argue it's a penalty, but like that's been outlawed for the game for the past two years. Like, and he was so good before that. Like, he's just oh, they just do such stupid things, you know. And poor kids, the poor like you know Salmon, he has to get yeah, and, and very troubling on the weekend. I thought uh, Kane Evans was obviously benched for the majority of the game. He only came back in like the last six minutes. Um, Vave only having a 34-minute stint, so you can well see that that some of these players won't be here next year. Um, Ben Gower, Vave, Cam King will be gone. Um, Kane Evans will still be around, as you said. Ham said a couple of times it'll be up to um, next year to prove that it wasn't a flop of a signing. Um, And again, Brad Takarangi, gosh, he does some stupid things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not to say that everybody else hasn't done some stupid things, but wow. Um, They've all been stupid this year, seriously. Um, all right, well, I don't know if we really want to go into it anymore. Uh, we got flogged in that first half, and um, then we made some effort. And, and you know what's really frustrating is that, that play where Michael Jennings did score a try, gosh, it was a beautiful play. Um, and it's so frustrating that you can see your team do that. Um, but it's pretty much left us getting a spoon. Um, but hopefully... At the end of the day, that'll be a positive in that um, the club can see that they've completely screwed this season, so they've got a lot to make up for moving on to next season. Yeah, just let the boys have the six weeks off and then um, come back fit and firing for first day of pre-season. I will say that uh, it's pretty good to see Salmon. You know, he went down to Melbourne, played against Melbourne. He went up to Townsville, played, uh, you know, Jonathan first, and now he's going to be versing uh, Roosters this week, like... You know, that's tough three games for him, and, you know, it's it's going to make him um, a better player Absolutely. in the future. Sorry, I kept dropping out a little bit there, Forty, but I'm sure it's recorded that you're in, so that's all good. Well, I'll, I'll get you Plato in a minute. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, what's happening? Don't worry, Bertie. You don't get to play with the Plato. Sorry, Bertie. Yo, are we recording this or what? <laughs> yeah, it's still recording. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, so I know there's got to be a knockdown rebuild. It's not just a, as easy as, you know, patching over a couple of cracks. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the next um, 
game that was on the weekend, uh, which was in the ISP, Wenty going down to the Dogs, 14-22. to Greg Lalesiwau grabbing a double and Dunster grabbing one. Were you the him? Uh, yeah. Um, just trying to think what happened. They started off pretty well, um, but just like pretty much every Wenty ISP game, there's sort of a second-half fade there. Um, I think a big... Um, I think a lot of people should be proud about Dylan Brown and the way he carried himself on the field. Um, he, they, It was a thought to be a, a dislocated finger early in the game. Um, it turns out it's broken in four different places. Um, so he carried that all throughout the game. He smashed some players in defence. And so unfortunately, uh, we knew Wenty were pretty much all, all but out of contention for finals before that game. Yeah. Uh, with the Warriors sneaking home. Um, I think we would have had to win by like 60 points or something to get in. Yeah, I think it was uh, 62 um, um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think, and when you're talking about rebuilding for next year, I think they really need to have a look at the setup for Wentworthville and the ISP, um, because obviously we've seen over the last couple of years that the transfer from Harold Matt's SG ball from Fleg, even from Fleg, into ISP and then onto first grade hasn't been great with local juniors, and um, you know you really need to look at what structures are in place in ISP. And Nathan Kalis, great club man. I'm not quite sure if he's the coach to uh, to get the best out of these uh, young kids moving forward, whether or not he has that in him. I could see him as like a forwards coach or something like that, but an overall um, head coach, I'm not quite sure if that's his. Uh, that's going to be a long-term position moving forward. Yeah, um, just speaking about the setup and everything, I personally would like to see it go back to being the Parramatta Eels um, and only having Parramatta Eels players contracted playing in that team, because at the moment, you know, there, there could be a, a range of about one to, you know, with injuries, promotions or whatever, there could be up to 10, even more. Um, Wednesday contracted players who don't, they don't train full time. Uh, most of them have another job. So, you know, they're not as professional as the players that should be in a reserve grade team. And it, it should be um, either a stepping stone for young players or, you know, as we've seen um, recently with Bevan French and Kane Evans, um, you know, a place to go back to to either gain some confidence, um, you know, learn how to play against bigger players rather than jumping straight from flag to first grade. Uh, even from flag to ISP, I've spoken to a couple of the boys recently that have um, that have uh, made the step up, and they said the pace of the game is fairly similar, but it's just um, you know the hits that you have to take from the bigger players and more experienced players is a lot different to Fleggs. So it's a definitely an important stepping stone and I think the club needs to um, raise the relevance of our reserve grade team. Right, then the Fleg going down 18 to 30. Is that correct? Because... because yeah. Um, yeah, 60's got himself a bit mixed up. Yeah, he um, must have okay. pressed a uh, <laughs> two instead of a one. <laughs> Um, Afalo, Tupu and Afu scoring tries. Sapienza, three from three. Um, now, Fleg will be taking on the Dogs again this weekend, but it'll be a substantially different team. So, I'm reminded that a couple of those players were playing up in uh, ISP. Um, and something we didn't touch on was the the injury in the ISP to Dylan um, Brown. Not great. <laughs> did you did you get to see that here while you were there? Yeah, I, I, I spoke about it before. Oh, sorry, you did. Sorry, you cut it. Oh, okay, sorry about that. No, no, no all good. Um, all right, so Fleg, 18.30, um, but we can expect a bit of showing for them, 11 o'clock this coming Saturday. 
um, for uh, the flag to uh, get one over the Bulldogs. Um, other results, Ron Massey Cup, 20-25 over the Wolves, 20, which we'll see Wentworthville taking out the minor premiership. Um, again, they won this competition last year. You'd expect them to uh, go pretty close to winning it this year, given they have a positive 299 differential. And then looking into the shield, um, we had the Guildford Owls in 7th position going down to St Mary's, 26-36. And Wente in 4th position, uh, wrapping up 4th, uh, going away a 1-point winners, 23 over the uh, Belmore Eagles, 22. Um, so that wraps up last weekend results. Um, not a lot of things going our way, um, but that's been the story of the season. Uh, Onto the news. Uh, just before we get to the news, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to the oh shit, what's their name? Um, oh god, I've just gone. Uh, I think it's Maxville, um, Maxville Sea Eagles, I believe they are. We have a couple of contract Eagles contracted players up there playing in the under 18s. Um, Jordan Moore, um, Ulysses Roberts, and oh, what's the other one? One sec, I just um yeah, they won their under eighteens grand final over the weekend. Um so good on them um for doing that. The other player is Logan Jones. So a couple of boys up there, um good work um on winning your under eighteens grand final. There you are. Shout out to some of the juniors. Um News. Uh first item is the Ken Thornet medal tonight. Um and they'll be inducting uh, new player into the Hall of Fame, uh, which we've all got bets on to be Nathan Hindmarsh. Um, but you'll have the news before we pump it out next week, so uh, keep your eyes on that one. And then um, the next item would be uh, the stadium 70% complete. Uh, so I was, I was over in Parramatta on Monday and uh, managed to have a bit of a walk around it. Uh, it's looking really good. Looks like they've got the majority of the stadium up. They've got half the, the sails up. And um, it looked like they were putting in the walls slash fences around and setting up the gates um, at this point. So a lot of stuff still to go, but all of this uh, lack of rain has really made it come along quickly. And I assume they'll be moving on to internals uh, quite shortly. So looking great um, from the club's perspective. And hopefully we're in there for Anzac Day next year. Um, because, yeah, having a home ground will be a great advantage next year. Uh, then the Challenge Cup final... Uh, Kenny Edwards, coming over to the Dragons, <laughs> has picked up um, the cup. Uh, so the Challenge Cup runs alongside the actual their actual premiership. And Catalan's taking that out, which I think that's the first time a French team has actually ever taken it out. So, um, and, and Kenny coming up with uh, probably his best cramp I've, I've seen from him. Wasn't uh, <laughs> it the 360 the cramp? Diamonds. Oh, the 360 cramp. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was one of his best. So, uh, cometh the moment, cometh the cramp. Um, and congrats to Kenny. Uh, and um, he, he did give a big shout-out to the Eels and to um, to his former teammates and also to Brad. Um, so, uh, uh, great news for Kenny. And hopefully uh, the, the Dragons get some joy in the, um, the, the, the actual uh, premiership over there. And then the last bit of news is... Um, story coming out. I think it was an article written by Sturlow um, talking about recruitment and retention. And of course, that's something we're going to touch on in the coming weeks when we do a review. Um, but uh, 
he did go to say that he thought that we got it wrong. Um, some of the names he threw up for, for big middle forwards, and, you know, that's obviously a glaring weakness and something we've been trying to uh, uh, to fix in recent years with the signing of what Mo, Bo, Scott, etc. Um, but some of the names that he threw up, you know, I thought were <laughs> um, probably... Sturlow probably didn't have a, a great pick on it all. I'd, uh, one being James Graham. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I've, I haven't seen it, so I'm interested to hear who he said. But see, but see, with James Graham, in the first six to eight weeks, he was a great signing for the Dragons. And I was like, I was sort of a bit jealous, you know, that we, we could have, you know, had a entertained the thought of probably signing him. But looking at it now, you know, I'm happy we don't have him, but in the first six to eight weeks, he was a great signing. Ben Hunt was the signing of the year. Like, you know, like obviously we we we're lacking in forward power this year. We've been dominated. You know, last year we played, we um we shown up. We you know we played above our weight. This year we just failed, and you know anyone new could have improved it. You know, so yeah. And I said on the Discord uh, yesterday that um now with Junior Paulo signing, and you know if we signed another forward like you know to power. That we should we should be sweet in the forwards. All we need now really is half step and maybe a hooker, you know, a veteran hooker to help uh, Reed. But yeah, you know, that's my thought on that. On recruitment, yeah. sorry. So so just on some quotes from Sterlow, when playing at their best, our forwards were a tough, aggressive, uncom uncom sorry, uncompromising pack that hunted well together. But I feel that we lacked that individual that could dominate the middle and demand the ascendancy. I still feel that the case. Um, I feel that. I still feel that was the case and was disappointed when the likes of Jordan McLean, Russell Packer, Ben Maddalena, James Graham and Herman uh, SESE left clubs and went elsewhere. So I just want to write off those three, which is Packer, Maddalena and Graham, um, who whilst having a good you know, start to the season, as Bertie touched on, uh, as the se- season has worn on, I think they've all uh, definitely trended downwards. And I think we've tried the, the um, veteran prop on many occasions and I don't think we've had any joy, um, most recently with Watmo, of course, getting busted. And then Bo Scott, he probably had one good season. And then uh, he, in 2017 and 18, probably played a lesser role, of course, succumbing to an ACL injury this year. So I, don't, I, I still don't know if that's the way to go. Uh, Jordan McLean, of course, he was injured all year, only coming back to a couple of games. And Herman Essiesi has been quite good, actually. I'd, I'd, I'd give a wrap to him. But when you when you do look at some of the recruitment decisions, you know, well, coming off a top four finish, you're not probably thinking that there was going to be such a downward trend uh, in our forward pack and individually for a lot of players who have trended completely downward. Um, so I, 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 I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, a you know, everyone's got 2020 vision when it's hindsight. So, um, but yeah, the names that he's sewn up there, like, what's Russell Packer done at the Tigers? Nothing. They're still, you know, a, a fringe 18. They haven't really... I don't think he's really um, brought them up much. So, yeah, just some of those names. There was no one off contract in the forwards last year. You've sort of... I think now you've got to um, wait for a team to say, oh, we don't want you anymore and get them um, mid-contract. Otherwise, it just most players will stay at their clubs now. Or develop them, you yeah, know, that's like true. with Broncos, yeah. I guess what you look at also, um, this year and next year, we have a lot of people off contract, like a, you know, a crap ton. Well, last year we didn't have as much, so I guess, you know, this year, Brad Arthur probably thought, let's just get through this year and then I can finally make 
mass changes and get rid of the dead weight, dead weight that we have at the club. You know, like the Matungis, the Vaves. You know, no offense to Gower, but I don't think he'll be here next year. Like as you said earlier, so yeah, even Kenny Edwards, you know, he's gone. So that's a, that's a plus, yeah. And I think if you're having a look back, uh, 2016 set this club so far back. And you know, I know you're saying Brad Arthur's in his fifth year. Um, but really, last year, 2017, was essentially a new roll of the dice because um, the team that he had been building beforehand, obviously there was background issues, uh, mostly before uh, his time at the club, but some during, um, where essentially you're knocking down and rebuilding again. You got rid of your long-term hooker. Um, you had Isaac de Goyce, who suffered a um, injury in the preseason and essentially didn't play again. Um you know, you're sort of uh, stitching together pieces from um, what you could salvage from a, a salary cap fiasco. So um, it might sound silly, but essentially he was rebuilding since l- last year, um, essentially after the, after the, the mess of 2016. Um, so um, they've made some headway this year. Obviously, you're talking about juniors. We did have a really great one in Junior Paulo, uh, who was snapped up by the Raiders. Um, gee, Ricky Stewart loves to fatten up his bloody players. Yeah, um, I think uh, Junior will need um, to lose probably about 20 or 30 kilos um, get back to about 118, 122, if he's going to be any good for us. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, well, I think the modern-day prop, you know, you're looking at playing them 50, 60 minutes, which he was in 2017 or 2016 when when the, the Raiders were going well, but recently he's been playing, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I've just got my door here. Um, <laughs> um, all right, well, I think that'll wrap up about retention because we're going to get into it in the um, the wrap-up podcast. Um, so let's move on to um, previews, uh, beginning with uh, the Shield, which will see Cabra Matter in sixth position, taking on the Owls in seventh position, 11 a.m. on the 1st of September at St. Mary's Leagues. And then also on the Sunday, you'll see East Campbelltown in first position, taking on Wentworthville in fourth position. Uh, Sunday um, at 11am at St. Mary's as well. Um, jumping into the Cup, Wenty in first position, taking on St. Mary's uh, in fourth position at St. Mary's Leagues at 1pm on Sunday, the 2nd um, of uh, September, so Father's Day. Um and then jumping into the flag, which is Eels in 6th position, taking on the Dogs in 7th position at Penrith Panthers Stadium, 11am Saturday, September 1st. Now, uh, you've got the team list. Do you want to go through it here? Of the 20s? Yeah, the flag. Yeah, the flag uh, yep. Um, so at fullback, Ethan Parry. On the wings is Hayes Dunster and Torfa Afu. In the centres, they have Tui Afuwalo and Nick Okladnikov. In the halves, Todd Sapienza and Sioni or John Fanua. Uh, props are Stefano Utoikamanu and Sean Kepi, and at hooker is Vea Tapatutai. Um, uh, number 11 is Charbel Tassapale, uh, number 12 Celesi Flainga, and uh, finishing out the 13 is Steve Dresler. Um, on the interchange bench, we have Michael Tupo, uh, Tyrone Faulkner, Mitch Butfield, and Jesse Cronin. And then on the extended uh, bench, we have Tyler Tugmala, John Paul Nora. Sam McGregor, Dylan Clifford, David Hollis, Samuel Hughes, and William Key. And so a substantially different team from last week, is that right? Oh, heaps of changes. Um, let me have a count. <laughs> One sec, sorry. One, two, three, four, five, five. 
five returning from my count. And of course you touched on before, but unfortunately for Brown, uh, with that dislocated slash broken finger, won't be making a um, return this week. And probably his season's done, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think he's doing an NRL pre-season, so he'll, probably, he'll get surgery done on it probably, and then um, just get ready for get ready for that. Yeah, it looked like a nasty break. It wasn't just a clean one across. No, it was um, shattered, yeah. I think. And, um, you know, that's why I said people should be proud of him, just the way he, he, he um, carried himself after it. He didn't he actually didn't show much pain for, you know, if, if there was an x-ray um, on his Instagram uh, yesterday, and it just, it looked, it was, it was nasty. And, um, yeah, for him to stay on the field for the rest of the for the rest of the game is a credit to his toughness. Um, and, there might be some, um, and there might be some changes coming to this uh, this team come uh, kickoff. Um, so Ethan Parry, he's he's not he's more playing in the outside backs as opposed to fullback. Yeah, so. um, he's played a, a few minutes at fullback, but um, I can see us doing what we've done with uh, JP Nora at fullback. So. Fanua goes back to defend at fullback and then attacks in the halves sort of thing. And then um, Nora goes and defends at right half. So, yeah, I can see, you know, Tui shifting into the halves there, Eth going into the centres. Um, I, th- I think they just sort of said, we've just got to put him into a number, get him into a jersey and get him out on the field and then we'll, you know, we'll work it out from there. And um, I thought uh, Oklanenikov, um, he's more of a second rower as opposed to a centre. Yeah, he um, played in the centres last week. He's actually pretty quick um, for a few size. I think um, they're looking more at Charbel um, coming into the second row, whereas Nick is uh, more of a Mr. Fix-It sort of thing. So um, he can play anywhere, Nick. Um, he's got to put him on the field. He won't win your game, but most importantly, he won't lose your game either. So... Um, I'm not sure what his prospects are going further on, but um, no, he's done well this year to be, you know, that that utility um, in the team for however many games he's played. He's done well. Okay, so okay, so again, eleven o'clock at Penrith Panthers Stadium on the Saturday. Um, I'm not quite sure. Have, have you seen anything about them actually releasing tickets? No, they'll be um, they'll be at the gate or just paying yeah. the gate. I, 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 I did have a quick look, but I couldn't find anything from New South Wales rugby league. No, it's usually um, yeah, just pay at the gate. It'll probably be five or ten dollars, depending um, how much they decide to charge. And don't forget, there'll be, and don't forget there'll be a full day of rugby league out there. Um, so, following uh, the flag on Saturday at eleven a.m., you'll have Penrith taking on Canterbury in the um, the ISP. Um, and then you'll also have uh, Cronulla playing Penrith in the qualifying final in the flag, and then followed up by uh, Mounties taking on the Warriors. Um, so it's full full day of rugby league uh, at Penrith Stadium if you want to get down there. Uh, there will only be one Penrith team in attendance, so hopefully uh, most of their fans aren't there. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I, I've got that wrong list too. There'll be one in the flag, one in the ISP. My bad. Um, gee. That puts a damper on. It, <laughs> At least we're first, so you know we we might be able to get out before most of them turn up. Yeah, eleven a.m. Yeah, there at one ten p.m. So fleeing the gates at uh, right after full time, and hopefully after yes. a win. <laughs> um, so as we touched on, ISP are out of finals contention. 
uh, then jumping into round 25, uh, being the uh, the final round of the regular season. Um, it's a long off-season, guys. I know the last week's results weren't great, and you know, you're coming up against second in the competition, um, but uh, a couple of weeks down the track, you'll be saying, "Shit, I want to be, I want to see Eels <laughs> playing again," because <laughs> um, it is a very long off season. You're looking at March next year, and you know, unless you're into some American sports or something else, it's not much too too much to occupy you until, um, of course, we get back to the uh, the junior rep squads early next season. Um, so, just jumping into that one, uh, just some background stats: 130 games played between the two teams. Roosters with 63 wins, Eels with 62 wins, five draws. Roosters last one um, last year in that thrashing, uh, 48 to 10 at Allianz Stadium. But we're not playing at Allianz, uh, which is a positive. Sorry, points per game: Eels 15.8, Roosters 21.7 points conceded, 22, and Roosters 15.3. Uh, televised on 9 and Fox League with a late game. I don't think I touched on that. 7.35 on Saturday evening. Um, so let's just jump into the team list before we uh, we get into it, um, which will see uh, a big shuffle in the Eels team, uh, which sees Hayne going back to uh, his former number one jersey. Bevan French gets a recall on the wing uh, with George Jennings. In the centres, Michael Jennings, Clint Gutherson. Uh, Corey Norman returns to the starting number six role. Mitch Moses in seventh. And then in the forwards, Vave and Tim Manor with Reed Marnie starting hooker. Then in the second row, Nakore, Takarangi and Tep Maroa at lock. And then on the interchange bench, Jamin Salmon moves back to the interchange. Kane Evans, David Gower and Oregon Kafusi gets another call up. Uh, and then in the uh, extended bench, Ray Stone, Cam King, Josh Hoffman, and Greg Lelessiwell. Um So the big change there, of course, is uh, Penny Terrapo out with a hamstring injury, uh, which brings Oregon Kafusi into the squad and Tep Maroa into the starting uh, lock position and Brad Takarangi into the second row. And then, of course, it looks like um, whatever arrangement we had for our uh, development players, starting with Jamin Salmon, uh, in the six, uh, we haven't got approval for it this week, so Corey Norman's been shifted into that starting 5-8th role. And then jumping into the to the Roosters team list, which is James Tedesco at fullback. Then on the wings, Tupu and Blake Ferguson, former Eel Blake, uh, sorry, future Eel Blake Ferguson, so somebody to keep your eyes on. Um, then in the centres, Latrell Mitchell, Joseph Manu, 5-8th Luke Keery makes a return, Cooper Cronk at 7. Then in the forwards, Jared Boyeria Hargreaves returns from an injury, replacing Dylan Napa, who's out for three weeks um, after that uh, ugly uh, head spear. I don't know how else oh. to describe it. Uh, <laughs> uh, CSI Takiaho at prop, Jake Friend at hooker. And then in the second row, Boyd Cordner, Isaac Liu. And Locke, Victor Radley. And then on the interchange bench, Nat Butcher, Zane Tedovano, Mitch Orbison, and Ryan Madison, former Eel Ryan Madison. And then the reserves, Lindsay Collins, Sean O'Sullivan, Paul Momorowski, I think that's how I pronounce it, and Kurt Baptiste. Um, so, <laughs> last game of the season, um, playing at ANZ. Our away record is 0-12. Like you were at home. Um, but our record... <laughs> Our record at home is 6 from 12, so... <laughs> uh, 6 from 11, sorry. Uh, substantially better. So, um, gee, that team list isn't looking great, and that's uh, some some injuries have really taken their toll at the yeah. back of the season. Um, and a few players, or oh, Kenny Edwards and um, both got leaving the club, so... Um. Oh, Ken, Ken Edwards and Sui Matangi both got with a full ACL. Yeah, so... Um, 
yeah, you know, it's not the not the prettiest looking lineup. Um, but you know, you gotta you can only put out what you what you've got, and that's evidently all we've got. Um, so if you, can we say much else? At least, at least it's not Jonathan Thurston's last home game this week, so we might get something. Can we build it up to? So you're saying there's a chance. Can we build it up to be David Gower's last ever home game? Do you reckon? Then we might be able to get, <laughs> you know, 30 penalties for us in the first two minutes. Um, I, I don't like it a lot. Have we, have we seen the, um, who's, who's riffing this? I haven't had a oh. check. What's the one the Roosters don't like? <laughs> Hopefully it's him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't remember the name, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, so fingers crossed it, it's him. <laughs> um, they, they, they have a lot of errors in their game, Roosters, so if we can hold on to the ball like we did against uh, when we won the games, like we should, you know, compete with them, you know, until their their class prevails. But like, yeah, they're gonna you know, they're gonna they'll probably make it easier for us with their errors, so I'm actually happy with Jarheen at fullback because you know we need a big body back there, and um, also good to see Bevan French back into uh, the starting lineup. You know, so yeah. Well, he's got I'm, actually, proof. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the game. I still won't go to the game, <laughs> but I still look forward to it. So, yeah. Uh, hold on, I've got. Uh, hold on, I've got. Oh, here, here we are. Eels v Roosters. Um, head referee is John Stone. Gavin Reynolds is the assistant. Touch judges: Clayton Sharp, Nick Mitchell. Standby is Todd Smith and trainer is Daniel Vukovic. Um, I've never heard of no. any of those people. Jo- is that, that must, John Stone would probably be a relation to Mick Stone then? Probably. Because refereeing blood runs in the family. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't um, want to go into refereeing. Ray Stone's cousin? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Ray Stone's cousin. There we are. We can pull in. We can pull one in. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if there's too much to touch on. It's the last game of the season. Um, the only way that we can uh, sort of pump it up is to say that football won't be on until March next year uh, for the first graders. So, um, well worth, if you're not tuning in, getting out to the game. It's going to be another cold night out at ANZ. Um, but hopefully that won't deter too many people. Um, yeah, it's a hard sell at the moment, isn't it? I reckon it's going to be brutal. I can't see us getting more than 5K at the ground. Roosters have barely, you know, a K membership. Like, it's going to be... Only the loyal fans will go, you know. So, it'd be a shame that the last game we're going to have, you know, that many people. But what can we do, man? Yeah, maybe um, maybe we should pump it up as um the last ever game. Home, home Eels game at ANZ Stadium. Say goodbye to that soulless... Burn it down after... Pardon? Burn the stadium down after. Do yeah. the league a favour. Yeah. Get rid Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. I'm on. I'm on board with that. I gotta ask. When we were at Parramatta Stadium, we used to go back. The players used to go back to the club, and you know, mingle with the fans. Do they do that still, or they don't do that? Yeah, they at do all? it um, up in the bar after the game. They have like a oh, post-match okay. function. Oh, nice, nice. That's good. Usually a couple of hours afterwards, though, so they sort of got to hang around. Um, but yeah, well worth it getting a um, a leagues club membership as well, um, moving up because if you want to park anywhere near that stadium, uh, that's going to be your best ticket um, to to have your league members parking up in the um. They've got the um. How many stories is it? Uh, oh, I don't know. Seven. The tower of parking there. 
seven story parking so that's the best place if you want to park and they've still got the pool parking there um, I wonder what they're going to do with oh, that okay. that might turn into like yeah. staff and um, um, officials players yeah yeah, yeah potentially um, because I saw from that side there was a big tunnel leading through um, straight into the stadium so I don't know if that's yeah what that's exactly going to be or that might be for like the mini cabs or something like that um, but it's looking really good, the the new stadium. They've got steps in. It just looked like they were putting in the final... Uh, so they said 70% done. Um, so putting in the final sales. Um, I think they've got the majority of the seats in, but for one corner where they've got to act... Not the seats, sorry, the, um, the, the grades and everything in, but for one corner where I, I assume they're going to have to get the machinery out um, before they put that in. And then um, it looked like they were putting around the, the fences slash walls... Um, and the um, the ticket booths, so um, it's it's really coming along. And uh, as we said, hopefully it's there next season because that seems to be the biggest selling point for next year is to have your own friggin' stadium back at the moment because the club hasn't done too great this year. I think they said by November, December time, the cranes will be out. So yeah, hopefully around you know January we'll see some pics of the finished product. But I can't. I still can't believe it's going to be that long. Yeah, well, Surely I think it's going to be um, very impressed because it, it, it's it's yeah. looking great even without all the fittings. It's the huge. So, I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, it is massive. So. Yeah, it is massive. So if you remember the old stadium, it covers that. <laughs> plus, it goes all the way down to where the old. It's, it's was, amazing so. how much our old, uh, you know, how cramped it was in that yeah. position. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think you forget. Yeah, I think you forget, and bloody the, the beer lineups. Gosh, yeah. Um, could do without that. And the ATM lineups. I think there was only like one or two ATMs in the whole freaking joint. Um, all right, well, let's wrap that up. Uh, predictions. Birdie. Yeah. Um, I think Paramount are going to win, even though I don't reckon they will. But I'm tipping them again still. I reckon Paramount will win 26-24 again. Uh, first try score will be... Hang on. Um... Mitch Moses, and yeah, that's it. So him, so him. Um, Roosters coming off two two losses. Eels coming yeah, in off two losses. Right. I, I tipped the Cowboys last week because I knew it was coming. Um, this week it's going to be a few Eels last home uh, players last home games. I think so. Um, yeah, we'll get the rub of the green from the refs. <clears throat> um, <laughs> So we'll win this one. That's um, what's that? Twenty twenty four out of twenty five. That I've twenty three out of twenty four. I've picked with win, and it hasn't gone well. But we'll win. Um, we'll win eight to four, and Bevan French will score two tries. Yeah, return to form. He had been playing quite well in ISP. Is that yeah, right? he, um. Played a lot differently than he has in first grade. He's got his hands on the ball, looked to get involved, um, which is what you know we we obviously wanted him to go back there and um, what we wanted to do, what we wanted him to do. Um, so yeah, I think you know he probably won't touch the ball as much coming in off the wing, but I think we'll um, use his speed and with him being lower to the ground than uh, the giraffe Daniel Tupo, I think we'll um, we'll use that hopefully. We use that to our advantage and put a few grubbers in and uh, kick long so that uh, he has to turn around. Um, so hopefully, you know, we've got our uh, footy brains in this week and we actually do that. 
And yeah, I see it's probably going down. <laughs> Roosters off the back of two uh, losses. They're trying to push their credentials for um, the finals. They can sink to as low as eighth if they don't win. I think it's every yeah every team from six through to seven can sink to eighth this week uh, with results pending. But I think it would take like some sort of mathematical. It's it's one of those yeah. mathematical ones where you know. Wasn't there? Um, can, can they still win the minor um, premiership? Yeah, they can. I mean, we we oh, can sorry. too if every club gets salary cap rorted <laughs> by now. And well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully the sharks, of course, breaking news, <laughs> get knocked out as of next week, and then um, they can get the uh, the, uh, um, the the spoon. Uh, even if it does have a little uh, at least two thousand sixteen, we'll have a little asterisk next to it, which will. That'll look nice. Yeah, turn the porch lights back on, yeah, yeah. Porch lights back on boys. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's wrap it up with plugs, Birdie. Yeah, uh, Twitter's at BevanHeaven1. Um, it was a bad weekend for me until this morning. You know, all my teams lost. You know, Parramatta, Sydney Swans, Wallabies, Dallas Cowboys, even though it's preseason. Um, but my Tottenham Hotspur, I can always count on them, you know. They beat Man United 3-0. Away at Old Trafford. I, don't, I can't remember a time we actually beat them at Old Trafford. Maybe once before this, but it was a very good win. And it was even funnier to see uh, Mourinho's press conference go off. You know, he's an absolute... He's actually lost the plot, you know. And if you follow world football, you know every three years he loses the plot and he gets sacked. So, signs are happening, you know. It's only three weeks in and they're already behind the eight ball. So, yeah, that's my plug. And for you, um, yep, yeah, as always on Twitter at ham sandwich twenty two. Um, saw a good couple of bands over the weekend. Um, the the naughty boys, I think they were. I kept calling them the nasty boys, but that's a professional wrestling team, so it's not the nasty boys. It's the naughty boys. Uh, One hundred and Murray Darling, very good um, Australian punk rock, a new age punk rock um, there. And I'll also give a shout out to the young uh, junior teams playing in their grand final this weekend. I believe there's a few going on um, in the Parramatta district, so uh, good luck. Um, you can't all win, but you know, hopefully you uh, um, do, do your best, no fighting, and have a good game. Yeah, winning a grand final doesn't matter what your sport you're playing. It's always a great achievement. Um, lost one. In, in playing soccer in Ooh. penalties. So that was uh, not a great experience. Um, but then won one as well. So, um, yeah. Great experience for anybody to play in a grand final, uh, whether or not it's at the highest or just regular club games. doesn't really matter. Um, and then I'll plug our two members who aren't here, which is uh, Forty. Um, you know where to catch him on the Cumberland throw. Um, it's a bit of a... A graveyard over there at the moment. <laughs> everybody's in mourning. Uh, everybody's wearing black at the moment. But um, you know, on to bigger and better things next year. And then um, also PM still between houses and and getting himself all organised. But sports first, bit Nambucker. Uh, if you want to grab some jerseys, some Eels gear, uh, some NRL gear, or um, other sporting goods, uh, us at Para Podcast forward slash Para Podcast, uh, dropping some some. Um, in the lead up to do the the review podcast, um, some stats, uh, the ones I had from this this week when I went back through the team lists, we've only named the same seventeen, pl- oh sorry, played the same seventeen players in consecutive weeks on one occasion this year. 
Um, that's that's pretty much unheard of for team consistency in the NRL. Um, so, you know, not saying that that's the reason we are where we are, but it's obviously a contributing factor. And we've used 31 players all up this season, which is the second most in the NRL. And if I have to have another Panthers supporter say, but we've used up, you know, X and we've debuted all these players, <laughs> fuck off. You've used 27 players this season. Um, you know, really, um, pull, pull your fucking heads in. I'm sick of hearing about Panthers injuries. You had one bad year where you used up 32 players in a season. Um, and you've bitched about injuries every yeah, single year since. Yeah, but Penrith supporters aren't really good much for anything, so... Um, Except for throwing balls at players and racially abusing people and... They're, they're shit. Get rid of them. By the way, how, what about Raiders, man? Unlucky Raiders. You know, Ricky Stewart said they had a massive injury problem. Sorry, I think they only missed... They Sorry, buddy, 20... you dropped out on me there. Oh, I was saying, uh, Ricky Stewart, you know... The Raiders had a massive injury problem. Ricky Stewart made sure everyone knew yeah, about Ricky that. Yeah, Ricky Stewart blames everyone but himself. So, yeah, so. yeah. And he gets yeah. a free walk in the press uh, because he knows a couple of uh, people <laughs> in the press. Um, also, on, on to, um, to to my plug, uh, you know, uh, season's almost over. You've got some things to do in the off-season. Uh, check out Supercoach, The Life and Times of Jack Gibson by Andrew Webster. Great read. Um, read it a couple of years ago and just rereading it now, so... Um, something to have a look at, and um, hopefully some of our coaching staff will have a look at it. <laughs> um, and I think that'll about wrap us up, unless anybody has anything else to touch on. Packers had a loss in the um, the uh, the third week of the preseason, um, although we went three and three uh, when we all had our starters out there. So, and Hundley was throwing, so I didn't have our um, our um, quarterback out there really. So, preseason is nothing, man. Cowboys not going to win one. Zeke won't play a single preseason snap, so. Who needs a preseason? Yep. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so one more week of preseason, and this week's really for those, those real depth positions, and then it'll be on to the real thing. Who do the Cowboys start off with at the year, Bernie? Uh, Carolina Panthers away, so... Oh, shit, that's a tough... <laughs> that's a tough trip. That's okay. I we'll think we've got the Bears it. at home, and the Bears are fucking... They're a fraud um, of an organisation, so that should be an easy win. Um, oh, actually, well, before we go, I will say, how stupid is Ray Hadley? You know, he has a go at um, Ty to us and Tyson Pedro. Says they're allegedly UFC fighters. They have contracts to UFC. Ty's in the top ten, and Tyson just signed a six uh, figure six uh, fight deal with the UFC. Like, it's not like in the back of someone's backyard and you're getting paid peanuts. He's actually fighting in the UFC. Like. You know, just shut the hell up, man. You're in the radio. Stick to whatever they talk about politics. Yeah, but and shit, Ray Hadley's you know? like 90 years old, so doesn't really know much outside of yeah, Dennis like... Fitzgerald and you know arguing about conservative politics and bashing everyone else but himself and his family. So yeah. I wouldn't yeah. worry about him. And like he forgets, Ty played for the Roosters up until the 20s, so he knows rugby league. Like. I don't know. It's just another old man wants to have his say. You know, just shut the hell up. I'll be looking at <laughs> the shits. <laughs> so, yes, young kids give you the shits, and I'm. <laughs> old people give you the shits. All right, yep. All right. So, just wrapping up. Last game of the season. Uh, it's a long off season, so get out there, show some support. Um, of course, people are angry with the club and how this season's turned out. It's been a complete. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of some superlatives that aren't swearing, um, but <laughs> um, 
obviously not what we expected coming into the year. Um, but still, you've got to throw your weight behind the club, even if you don't support some of the individual players out there or, you know, a couple of people calling for Brad Arthur's head. Um, sorry, but he's safe for next year. Um, the, the board's already come out and said that. Uh, they're going to see out his deal, which has one year to run, but obviously uh, if results don't turn around next year, uh, I can see that being the, the end of BA at the Blue and Golds. Um, but um, we'll get into our, um, our season wrap-up podcast shortly. Um, probably not next week, but the week after. And, um, and until then, hopefully all the, the Blue and Gold teams get a win over the weekend, especially the Jersey Fleck to progress to yeah. the next week of finals. See you later. Cheers. Get here. Yep, see you guys. We raise our hands to the sky.